Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Super Mario Brothers has a voice cast. Fantastic Beast 3 has a title. And a bunch of actors get golden tickets to Wonka's Factory. There's sequel news for a whole bunch of movies. Murder Mystery, Buddy Games, Wedding Crashers, Sister Act and much, much more. But before all that, trailer talk. And it's a different kind of trailer talk this time. It's a to dumb edition. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Explain to dumb in case um, our listeners do not know what you're talking about, which I'm, I'm sure you're going I'm to. Sure, you're I'm sure, they, I'm sure they do. Well, it's the Netflix event. And what I heard to dumb actually was, it was Kevin Spacey's character knocking on a desk from, what was their first big show that he was in? I didn't actually watch it. Oh, um, uh, House of Cards? There we go. Oh, yeah, good, yeah. Me saying what I just said there, it'd have been better if I actually knew the name of the show. But apparently that's that where the Tadum came from. I never actually heard it out loud until you actually just said it. And as soon as you said it, I was like, it kind of sounds like the, the Law and Order thing. But that's slightly yeah. different. Slightly different. All right. <laughs> that's more of a dadum. <laughs> Okay, yeah, similar. Netflix hosted its first ever global fan event, Tadum, on September 25th, giving viewers first looks and trailers from over 100 upcoming Netflix films and series. The three-hour online show featured interactive panels and conversations with the creators and stars, including some of Netflix's most popular returning shows like Stranger Things, The Witcher, and Cobra Kai. Also on the list were highly anticipated new offerings like Cowboy Bebop. Upcoming films I got teased during the event included Don't Look Up, featuring a star-studded cast of Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence and Jonah Hill, and the sequel to Enola Holmes, starring Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill. What an event. It was huge. All right, now we're going we're gonna to go through all 100 upcoming films and series that were teased. I didn't feel as though that was necessary. That would be that the whole show. We did get a clip from Red Notice, the Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah. All in all, it was a, it, it was a good event. You know, I checked not all, but some of the things out. And yeah, there's certainly some things to get excited about. Stranger Things coming back, another season of Cobra Kai. I'd want to talk about the like the Stranger Things teaser or trailer. This is like like my wife started playing it, and I didn't see the title of what we were watching. I was like, you know, it starts off as like this haunted mansion type thing. It's it's the uh, period setting. I was like, what is this? Is this like uh, oh, is like another like haunting of Hill House type thing? what is this? And then suddenly just the Stranger Things kids just show up and I'm like, what is, like, what is going on? Almost like Scooby-Doo fashion. They're like investigating. And I'm like, where's, I don't know what this was. This, this was so different. It looks very, very new. <laughs> a very new take on Stranger Things. Uh, yeah, a bit unexpected. It's a good direction for them to take in something new. We've had what's come before. Keep things fresh. I like the idea of something new. But yeah, so a big 
Netflix fan event and stars up front. We got to see a lot of what was coming. And no doubt a lot of it will be reviewing on the show. Did you have any standout things that you did check out that you were like, wow, that looks really cool? Or, you know, I wasn't that excited for that, but now I I am. I guess the big one is still Red Notice, and we've talked about that a fair bit already. That's that's meant to be their biggest movie or the biggest produced movie that they've done. But outside of... Yeah, of course, Cobra Kai. But outside of that, I mean, it's, it's the Netflix approach, isn't it? Like, so you're asking me for specific examples. Netflix gave wow. hundreds of examples, but that's Netflix, <laughs> isn't it? Like, if you look at the percentage of what they give and what most people watch. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, this wasn't it supposed was to be. Idea. This wasn't supposed yeah. to be Netflix bashing. <laughs> this was supposed to be a nice thing about Netflix. Okay, I don't know. But yeah, you, you turned into a bashing thing. I was, I was just like, I was trying to engage in conversation. Look, the tandem thing sort of came out of nowhere. Like for me anyway, I didn't know that it was, it was a thing, it was happening and what was going on. All I saw was you managing our Facebook page in um, all, all your glory as you normally do. And then suddenly it was just like, holy shit, there's a lot of um, Netflix trailers and bits and pieces that have been posting. Like you were a busy guy that day. And I, I just had to ask the question, like, what is going on? Like, what, what is, did Netflix save all their marketing for one day? Like, some, some poor guy just had to start like, distributing um, trailing, obviously explain what was going on. But interesting way to sort of just get everything out. They just, like, do it. One hit. I mean, we have seen, you know, this happened before. We got it DC Fandom, and we're about to get it hmm. again uh, middle of October, the second time that DC Fandom have done that, where we'll get to see all the things that are going to be upcoming from them. Well, that's it for trailer talk. Again, a different kind of trailer talk. The most we really talked about a trailer was you talking Stranger Things, so it counts. Well, I, th- I figured we were still doing like trailer talk and stuff, like, you know, all good. We're on. We can get to the news and we'll be on track. We'll know what we're doing. <laughs> Movie news. I'll, I'll let you start. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the new movie, will be released on December 21st, 2022, and we've got an all-star voice cast. Are you ready for this? We've got Chris Pratt as Mario, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black is Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key will be Toad, and we've got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's, there's, there's a lot happening. This, this, um, this upsets so many people. Can I be honest? Like, I heard this movie was going to be a thing. I heard it was from Illumination, you know, who did Stick yep. On Me, Minions, Secret Life of Pets. So, you know, they've got some good movies out there. So I was intrigued about the idea of a Super Mario Brothers animated movie from them. And then the casting was announced, I read it, and then I just got on with my life. It wasn't until (laughs) I went back online the next time to find that a lot of people are pretty upset about this casting. Pretty, pretty, look, like back in the, it was was the 90s, right, that we got that live action Super Mario Brothers movie with Bob Hoskins. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure it was 93. Very 
specific of you. Very good. Very good. Um, like, yeah, you know, like I've got a there's a weird nostalgia to that movie, but look, it's let's be honest, everyone knows that 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 is uh, that movie is dog shit awful. Um, <laughs> the idea of an animated Mario movie is is perfect. Like, it's the realm that Mario works in. You know, like they're cartoon characters. It just works better. In the video games, you know, like Mario has like one note to his voice, you know, it's me, Mario. Like he's very squeaky, very. I can't imagine listening to that for, you know, like ninety minutes or so. That would just drive pretty much everyone insane. I think they would take more of that, you know, that sort of like Brooklyn, New Yorky, Italian sort of accent. I mean, interestingly enough, they haven't gone for, you know, like voice accurate kind of acting they didn't get a bunch of italian dudes the voice of the mario brothers they've gone with star power chris pratt at the end of the day i'm not really fussed with who sort of voices an actor like i don't go oh you know this boy this guy's doing the voice i don't really care it's an animated thing as long as they're talented and they can produce a voice however this cast is is pretty bonkers i am curious to see what chris pratt can pull out but some names like charlie day as luigi i just think that's that's incredible I think, I don't know. I think that works. Oh, okay. I was going to ask. Incredible in a good way. Incredible in a good way. I'm not sure about Jack Black as Bowser. Like, to me, Bowser's going to sound like a monster. Like, he's going to be like, like I, I don't know. It, is Jack Black just going to do Jack Black or is he going to do something different to the point where it might as well not be Jack Black? You know, like, because it, if it sounds like Jack Black, holy shit, I, I don't know. <laughs> it'll be weird but I mean one one weird thing I mean I'll get to the actor in a moment but the fact that this is a Mario movie but Donkey Kong is gonna be in it you know like they're, they're not they're not doing some sort of weird like hey we'll do a Mario movie and then maybe we'll do a Donkey Kong movie and then eventually we'll cross them over in some sort of Super Smash Brothers Avengers type movie that'd be amazing they should do that but like they're throwing Donkey Kong in there they're just going hey Nintendo whatever who knows we could see kirby samus a whole bunch of people throw zelda in there for for all we can who knows but seth rogan as as donkey kong i mean we heard him we heard him as pumba in the lion king and that worked really well i don't know i think seth rogan as donkey kong i think that's great as well i just cannot complain early nintendo what was the game where donkey kong was throwing bubbles and mario had to get to the top that would be Donkey Kong. Okay. So there's, you know, it fits having Donkey Kong appear. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it does make no, you it think. Does, it does. It works. It, it fits. It's just unexpected. I was just going to say, it does kind of make you think of Scoob, how that was a Scooby-Doo movie, but then they started having all these other Hanna-Barbera characters popping up, like Captain Caveman. Yeah. As long as they don't go too crazy, like obviously, like um, I'm taking the piss when I say throw Kirby and Link and stuff in there, and you know Zelda and you know the whole crew and all that, you know Star Fox getting in there as well. Like that would just be too much. Start slow, you know. Have Donkey Kong. I, I, apparently, like Cranky Kong's in there as well. So you know you're gonna get a bit of the Kong family, and then maybe see where it goes. They could have a huge Nintendo film franchise. Could do, but I've always thought of Donkey Kong as a Mario character. Maybe that's that's just me. So it seems fitting that he's in there. Having Star Fox would be odd. 
Well, I mean, like you look at like even the early like Mario Kart games, you know, Donkey Kong is always there. But I've got bananas and stuff. It features heavily, obviously, like you mentioned, like the old Donkey Kong games had, you know, Batman, little Mario sort of trying to save the princess and stuff. So yeah, yeah. it works. If they were to start with another Nintendo character, Donkey Kong's the one to go to. And then, I don't know, man, maybe they could do like a Smash Brothers crossover, big crossover thing. Let's just do this right first and let's see what yes. happens with the yeah. cast. You know, we, we both liked that recent... Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yes, they've mm-hmm. got a big name in Jim Carrey. But other than that, for the most part, we didn't get massive names. They didn't go to a really big name actor to voice Sonic. We've got James Marsden in there. This just seems like a lot of star power, what they're doing for Mario. Yeah, ironic. Mario, star power. There's a thing there. <laughs> There's a thing. Got a little bit of DC news, and it's another movie show with not a great deal of DC news, to be honest. That's happened the last couple of times. Loki composer Natalie Holt will score DC's Batgirl film for HBO Max. Right, I was almost going to ask who is Natalie Holt, but the composer of Loki. There we go. So that is my only point of reference for her, but I really liked that score. So there we go. It was actually quiet. Quite decent. There was a bit. There was quite a bit to it. It was quite fantasy and bombastic at times. It was. It was really fun. Yeah, I, I liked it. But I guess. Yeah, and then when it when it got really mystical and strange, and it would almost be triumphant in that. Like, yeah. Okay. So you know, good. I actually did good there. So yeah. Back yeah. But you'd think with Batgirl, they'd look for a different approach, but still, you know, just based on that one score alone. They've got a good composer in Holt. I mean, we really should look her up and see what else she's done. Maybe she's done a whole variety of things. Or was this the biggest thing? Was Luke the biggest thing she had done? Did you? Yeah, to date, it's the biggest thing she's oh, done. Fair enough. She's probably, like a lot of musicians, until they get to the point where they're composing their own score, they've played instruments on other film and TV projects. So yes, Loki is the biggest thing she's done so far. It'll be interesting to see, like... Um, Remind me, is this Batgirl connected to the DCEU or the Batman film? DCEU. DCEU. So then, like, will with it being a like a Batman, Batman variant? Excuse the Loki pun, but um, you know, like, will there be influences from you know, the Ben Affleck Batman score? I mean, uh, I've not got from the Zack Snyder. Film? I've not got an answer because it's all very confusing. Oh, it's more of a question. More of a question for you. What do you well, think? He's had, he's had many. Like, he had the Danielle from Batman theme in Justice League. Yeah, that's true. But well, we don't talk about that movie anymore, <laughs> do we? <laughs> Almost doesn't count. But, um, yeah, it'll be, be interesting. Um, we'll move on to Fantastic Beasts 3, or um, I guess with its official title, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. And we've also got a release date um, in cinemas, April 15th, 2022. Have you seen the first two? I have. Have you? First one. I've not got around to the sequel right. yet. So I know you've only just recently, I say recently, I don't know, last year, you've recently caught up on all the Harry Potter movies. You've watched them all. 
No, no, we. Oh, really? Yeah, no, oh, we had to. God. We had to stop. I think we got as far as the fourth one, and the only reason we stopped <laughs> is well, my my youngest is four, so we need oh. to wait until she's a little bit older. I got too dark, and then well, dark. it does get darker. So yeah, I do need to watch the second Fantastic Beasts. I'm not saying I need to. I might do. I'll do the pause first. <laughs> Fair enough. I think. I mean, in a in a title, all a title is really is just a marketing thing. And I think what they've done here is gone. Look, let's be honest. The first two Fantastic Beast movies haven't done to the level I think that you would expect of a film in the Harry Potter franchise as a whole, um, and especially that that second one. Both reviews and and you know box office returns were not sort of where they wanted them to be. I think throwing in the name Dumbledore in your title as a marketing gimmick, that's going to get people talking and, and moving towards it. Like next to putting Fantastic Beast 3, the origins of Harry Potter or something, or like the, if you, if they were to put Potter in the name, like people were like, oh, crazy. Dumbledore's like the next best thing. Yeah, so it works. It's a, it's, it's a decent title. I just say it's a good marketing title. Production has officially begun on Timothy Chalamet's Wonka, directed by Paul King. So that's exciting. Good, good. We talked about yes. it recently. They'd added Keegan-Michael Key to the cast. Yeah, which I predict will be every Uncle Mumba. <laughs> Maybe it will. Maybe it will. But um, <laughs> I <reckon> it will. <laughs> but yeah, so that film is closer to happening than the last time we talked about it. Oh, it's not actually a news story, but there was that big announcement going back to Netflix that they are developing multiple Roald Dahl adaptions for both TV and film. Yeah, because we 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 spoke about that previously, didn't we? And I think there was like a title card or something was revealed at that tandem thing. Yeah, and I... Is it Netflix that Taika Wahiti is connected to? Like, there was talking about doing, I'm sure it was something Wonka with him. No, I think it was, wasn't it Tim Burton that was doing? No, he already did that. I don't know. It was, it was someone. Who was it? What I suggest. It was someone. Let's stick to what we have in front of us because we could yeah. go on a random time. I, I, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I chucked as a curveball. But I do remember Taika being attached to something. But yeah, Netflix are going to be doing a lot of Wonka. But in the meantime, we're getting the Paul King one. Well, actually, we do have some casting news for Wonka. Olivia Coleman, Rowan Atkinson, Sally Hawkins and more have been added to the cast. And this is, of course, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory prequel movie. Ron Atkinson. That's, I mean, Olivia Coleman, like, I mean, she's becoming huge. There's Sally Hawkins, you know, that best picture film about that fish man. Um, my, my mind went to Paddington. She's in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also quality, quality film. But Ron Atkinson, you know, like a lifetime favourite. I'm just trying to think like Wonka characters. Who are these people? Are they just, are they parents? Are they, Ron Atkinson going to be, if it's based on the books, I'm pretty sure the the Slugworth character isn't even like prominent enough. I mean, I, I, don't know. I mean, 
Timothy Chalamet is a kid. I mean, this is like Wonka before anything that I've seen. Oh, or, that's a good or read point. Before. Yeah, because it's pretty cool. And mentioning Rowan Atkinson, my mind goes to another Roald Dahl adaption, The Witches with Angelica oh, Houston. Witch. What a great movie. Really good movie. And he was in that working at the hotel. Anyway, all right. Um, Amazon Studios has closed a three-picture deal and first-look film deal with Eddie Murphy. I mean, this is this is huge. Could this be compared to Netflix's Adam Sandler sort of uh, deal that they've had? I mean, I guess it could be Amazon's version of that. I mean, Adam Sandler initially started him on four films, didn't they? Mm. and Netflix. But I'm surprised by this, though, because I thought Netflix was going to be Eddie Murphy's big comeback with Dolmite Is My Name, and there's still talks of Beverly Hills Cop 4 being at Netflix. But then, of course, Eddie Murphy did Coming to America for Amazon. That's said to be one of their more successful movies. And that would be, is that, that would be the only Amazon original that he's sort of been connected to, I guess, unless there's a couple more pipelines. But, yeah, or maybe, no, you know, like his best of the waters with them and they're the ones that gave him the best deal. I mean, that's a three-picture deal. Plus, first look, that's um, it's reminding me of what that, that means. That's when they, what do they do? They, well, they like get, if he has like an archive, uh, a a yeah, project. First refusal. Right, so, so there he goes yeah. to them. So the next, I believe it's like the next three things he's going to work on that's not currently linked with anybody else, that's not already in motion, he has to first go to them. And they need to have the uh, option to turn it down or make it. But it says essentially, like, if they want it. Well, you look, know what's, yeah. um, what's interesting? Last movie show we were talking about how for the longest time, Eddie Murphy had been attached to the twin sequel. And then he wasn't, which was a very recent development. Maybe this right, had something yeah. to do with it, that he was negotiating with Amazon. Oh. It's going to be busy. Yeah, and I guess, like, which, who's behind Twins? What studio is behind Twins? I mean, obviously not Amazon Studios. But <laughs> it's on my sh- sorry, it's the, the movie's on my shelf behind me, Universal. Adequate look. Oh, you can say, okay, cool, cool. Well, there you go. So that would maybe some conflict there. We could speculate and assume that he was still attached until this Amazon deal came into play, which then sort of took another run in. And I guess the timing of the two stories, it's... it's Maybe. And then he went to his coming to America co-star, Tracy Morgan. It's all coming together. That's true. That's true. Kind of forgot he was in that movie. Been trying to repress. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. You mentioned Adam Sandler already. <laughs> Murder Mystery Two is officially in the works with Jennifer Aniston and Sandler set to reprise their roles. This is a story where I, I get that the story is that it's now officially in the works, but I just feel like. This was already happening. I feel like I've heard about this already happening. Sandler and Aniston back. I don't know. I just it's feel just like happened. It is. It has just happened. This is new. This is new. 
it is brand new. We talked about the movie having a director, but we didn't know. I mean, I guess the assumption was always going to be that they were coming back. With the Tadum event, Netflix has clearly wanted to hold on to information and release it in a single day. And part of Tadum, you had a video with Aniston and Sandler where they were talking to the camera and they announced the sequel on that day. I mean, that'd do it. That's the way to do it. And I don't this know. Be... I don't know if it was just a gag, but David Spade was involved. But I think it was just a gag. I don't think he's attached to the movie. Sandler and Spade, like they're, they're that close that Sandler can just get David Spade to come in for an advertisement. That's how. That's how. <laughs> how good he is. Um, this would be. This I just want to ask: Did you see that video? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. So, um, because what you just said there, that is the gag. That's the oh, video. Right, then, That's the whole joke. That, right, cool. that Spade Perfect. is just readily available. Spade and Sandler are always just hanging out. That was the gag. Always. always. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, like, like everyone's like, um, this would be Netflix and Adam Sandler's first sequel. Yeah, that's true. Out of all the... They ain't making a ridiculous seven, are they? They're not making a... What else came out? <laughs> <laughs> the do-over. To be Halloween. The two-over. Oh, my God. Hey, can... that works. I'll <laughs> say this. You're right. It's the first sequel to a Netflix film. I think Murder Mystery is the best one. It could be, actually. Could have, oh, I don't know. The others have had like their merits. And, oh, they have? Yeah, probably as an overall solid film, yeah. When we reviewed it, we both said this is the first one of all the Netflix films that you could have seen as a theatrical release. Whereas yeah, the other cool. ones, they were just Friday night, Netflix film. Yeah. So I'm happy about this news that we're officially getting a sequel. You thought, <laughs> well, we always knew we were getting it. I guess the concern would have been is if we were getting Murder Mystery 2, which we knew already, but without them two coming back. Yeah, nah. That, that's, and it was maybe uh, Murder Mystery 2 starring Rob Schneider. <laughs> so I'm happy about this news. Perfect. All right, keeping with the, the trend of sequels, um, a sequel to 2020's Buddy Games is in development and Josh Duhamel uh, will once again star, star in and direct the film. What do you think about this? Yeah, yeah. I want to see. I want to see more of these characters. We don't know outside of Josh Duhamel who may or may not be coming back. But yeah, that first movie was a lot of fun. Like critically, did terribly, got really bad reviews. But I, I enjoyed it. You had Nick Swardson in there. A lot of TV actors. Uh, Olivia Munn was in there. I enjoyed it. I'm very surprised we're getting a sequel. To be honest. But I've read something with Dumel and he's basically this sequel is a like a, a retaliation to all those bad reviews he got. <laughs> so he's like, well, I'll, I'll you, show I, you, I'll make another one. I never even watched this, the, the, the first one. I never, I remember seeing 
the trailer and my thoughts were like, why did they just play this really shitty movie trailer? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, it looks like some garbage direct-to-home video. But I was like, but there's some names in there, Dax Shepard and, and, and stuff like that, Olivia Munn. Like, there's, there's things to it, but I just remember it just looks so shit. Yeah. I mean, honestly... Would you recommend like, it? That the... Yeah, no, I would. I would. But, um, but again, it's not amazing, but it's a, it's a fun movie. You know, you've got, you know, guys that just never grew up and they've got this tradition that links their friendship with like, extreme games, like extreme sports, and it's, it's a fun movie. And on iTunes at the moment, it's a 99-cent rental. So there you go. little plug for buddy games. Check it out. They're almost like... Almost sounds almost like tag, but I guess with a bit more to the games and, and what yeah. they're doing. It's not just one game. All right. Okay. I mean, cards on the table, tag is better. But buddy games is <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's like ninety minutes. Treat yourself. Look, okay, I'll I'll set some time aside one evening, I'll have some drinks, and I'll sit down and watch it. It's a fun, gross out comedy. It's worth your time. Oh, actually, there's a movie we're not getting anymore. We were pretty excited about the idea of getting a Wedding Crashes 2. It's no longer happening. Owen Wilson's new role in Disney's Haunted Mansion caused plans for the sequel, The Wedding Crashes, to fall apart just before the project was officially greenlit. I mean, that's that's not a nail in the coffin. That's just for now. Oh, they'd been trying for years. And then we got the internship movie, which was, the, you know, Vaughn and Wilson back together again. But it wasn't quite Wedding Crashes. And then the closest we got to the a sequel was now. And because of Disney, for now at least, it ain't happening. That's okay. And you know what, like, I'm not, I'm not overly fast. I'm, it's, oh, I love that I'm, movie. I love that movie. It's so much fun. You know what? Go, go watch that movie then. Like, I did. And now I'm ready for a sequel. <laughs> I got to the end of it and I wanted more. I wanted more. I mean, it works oh, well. as a one and done, don't get me wrong. But we'd been teased about a sequel over the years. And, and again, this time close to being greenlit. Script, director, both the stars were interested but again, Disney took it all away. Ah, Disney ruining things for everyone. Look, some some movies get some movies get a sequel. Some movies get a third. Sister Act, Sister Act three, will be directed by High School Musical, the musical, the series creator Tim Federi. That's a ridiculous title for a show, but that's <laughs> um, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Honestly, I was trying so hard to give you a Disney segue. I gave you, I gave you two Disney segues. This Sister Act movie will be a Disney Plus film. It was there for the taking. It's so weird. Was Sister Act always Disney or was it a Fox film? No, no, no it was um, Touchstone. Touchstone, right. Because I just, I just always thinking back to that first one and I'm like, there's like, there's guns and I don't know. If they're drugs, 
She's like, that's like, is there like burlesque dancing, prostitution? I don't know. And my head goes, like, is that movie darker than I think it is? Or is there just guns? That... It was like Touchstone was like the adult umbrella, wasn't it? Like, yeah. So not, not kid films. So it was, Sister Act really was always Disney. Yeah, yeah. That's just, that's just weird. That's thinking like Disney. But, um, yes, it's Act 3. So Whoopi Goldberg's coming back, right? Like, yep, she's coming back. We're getting more. That's all that really matters. I, to be honest. I think... I've not seen those films since I was a kid. I need to go back and, and... There is a charm quality. There's a good time with them. They're, even the second one, like, there's, there's a lot of fun. There's those singing nuns. I mean, with this third one, <laughs> with this third one, I'll I'll definitely be going back and checking out the first two. Yeah. So I've got no memory at all of the sequel, but I do remember the first one. Oh, and this is a news story. I feel for you, as you're the only person that I know who has Paramount Plus. <laughs> Nobody else I know has it. Hey, fair enough. A Teen Wolf revival movie is in the works at Paramount Plus. Creator Jeff Davis and original MTV series cast members are set to return. I feel like I really need to give some sort of feedback because I have <laughs> Paramount Plus. But You're um, the only one okay. that can watch it. I mean, yeah. what would get me excited about this is to know for sure that this will be more in line with that original Teen Wolf movie. As opposed to that, is it CW? It be. No, um, Mate, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, no, no, it was MTV. It was like I mean that that show was definitely a, a teen. I would get into it, but anyway, look. As long as it's like, yeah, like, I want. I just want hairy teenage boy playing basketball. Yeah, that's what I want too. Okay, but that's you no, know, I want it too. It's, that's okay. It's the varsity jacket and stuff doing his thing, <laughs> like. Give us that. I remember when when this the series first premiered. I was I thought, oh well, cool, Teen Wolf on TV. I didn't get too far into it, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this is not Teen Wolf. I mean, this is a teenage werewolf, but it's not the '85 movie starring Michael J. Fox. I mean, it literally is a yeah. It literally was a Teen Wolf. Yeah, I mean, not the not my Teen Wolf, <laughs> my Teen yeah. Wolf. They're not lying. Like that is what the show is. But it's, I mean, I didn't stick with it. So maybe they did play basketball at some point. I don't know. But not for me. But does this does that line does that freak out a little bit? That bit that says original series, original MTV series cast members are set to return. Like, what does that mean? It's just the cast from the show. They're doing a feature length version or like a sequel, a movie that's a sequel to the TV series. And then bringing back original sure. cast. Okay. So, it, right. I mean, this is something that's only really going to be for fans of the show. If you didn't see the show, I don't see a point yeah. in watching this movie. Yeah. And Paramount Plus. Subscribe. Uh, <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, that's it for movie news. Now on to TV news. HBO Max is developing a three-part documentary series about the more than 80-year-long history of DC Comics, its legacy, and its characters. I don't know if it has a name, but we're calling it the DC Comics documentary. 
I did say, didn't I? Not much DC news. I'm going to get it where I can. But this seemed, <laughs> you know, pretty noteworthy. And yeah, HBO Max in the US, to so my assumption here in Australia, Binge, Foxtel, is where we'll get it. But yeah, no, it sounds pretty, pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure the broad strokes I'll be familiar with already, but it would be good to see it put together in a well-produced three-part series. I'm always up for a, like a documentary on something that interests me and, hey, give me three parts to it. Why not? It makes it feel like something a little bit longer. And just like you, it's like there might be bits and pieces that I already know, but I'm sure there'll be heaps of new things to learn. And, hey, when it's put together in a nice presentation, three parts of a presentation, always fun, always a good time. Years ago, just before we got the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, DC put out a documentary and it was called Secret Origin, the story of DC Comics, and it was narrated by Ryan Reynolds. Oh, wow. Yes, it it was before the movie. And then obviously things changed. Like now, Ryan Reynolds, you think Deadpool. You very much think of him as being Marvel. Yet you can watch a 90-minute documentary and he's narrating the whole thing talking about DC. I might try and track that one down. That sounds. I've got it on my shelf. I'm looking at it now. I've got it on DVD. You can borrow it if you like. Physical copy. Physical copy. I love like physical it. copies. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've, never, I've just never heard of that documentary. It's not coming and knocking on your door. I'll track it down somewhere. Yep. <laughs> no problem. The book of Boba Fett will officially premiere December 29th on Disney+. Plus. And of course, that will be a worldwide release. Well, worldwide to wherever Disney Plus is available. But um, that's a different topic. Did did that date change? I remember it being December already. I mean, they've only just made the announcement that it's December right. 29th. So maybe the idea was that we we're going to get it Christmas time. But now they've officially okay. put out a poster. and the date being on the poster was the first time that it was made official. Yeah. This would be, this would be really cool to get. I mean, um, obviously we were reintroduced to, you know, Boba Fett through Mandalorian. Obviously we're waiting for, you know, Mandalorian to, to come back, but I guess the tire sliver, you know, this will be the, the you know, new live action Star Wars on the small screen, that I guess isn't the Mandalorian as such. So, yeah, it could be, could be very different. And, you know, I've always worried about, you know, doing something more with Boba Fett. Oh, like, don't, don't give him more because he's such a mysterious character. That's what makes him cool. But what they did, how they handled him in, you know, in season two of, of The Mandalorian, I think was really, really quite well. I still know jack shit about the character and that's pretty good. So hopefully they can, you know, keep that, but still entertain us sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's a much better approach to the character than what we got with the prequels, where they were showing us way more than we ever wanted to know or care about, really. Because like it says, yeah. it's the mystery. It's his face as a child. <laughs> and back in the day, he looked cool. That's why people liked him. They didn't really yeah. know anything about him. He had a jetpack and a helmet and a laser beam pistol. But I'm thoroughly 
enjoying <laughs> Mandalorian, and we're still getting a third season of that, but we're also getting this other thing. Yeah. Amazon is moving forward with their The Boys spin-off, which will be part college, part Hunger Games. So are you thinking, um, obviously we know the tone of The Boys and all that and the world that that's set in, but, you know, powered people in college. And, yeah, the Hunger Games comparisons are there. And then I've heard some reports referring to it as a like a YA, a young adult adaption. I've read the comic it's based on, Herogasm. I'm pretty sure that's, that's the one that it was. There's, there's nothing that I've read of the boys, whether it's the older heroes, the younger heroes, that wouldn't look like the boys. So I don't think we're necessarily going to get a tamer version of that world, to be honest. But that seems to be... Younger people in it. Yeah. That's that's still my violent, thinking. still crude, still you know disgusting at parts. Um, yeah, all good. So like, definitely not sky high. It's definitely <laughs> going to be like something different. It's it's yeah, the boys, but it's going to be with like teenagers or, or young adults, I guess. If we're, if we're in college, I'm assuming yeah. they're referring to like American college, not like. And that's it. So they're going to be older anyway. You know, I still need to finish season two of one more episode. I need to find time to do that. Of the boys? Of the boys, yeah. It's Are you such... joking? You have not finished the boys yet. No. What? No. I just, yeah. Oh, I've, yeah, you weren't. I've read. No, no. And I like it. And when I watch it, I like it. But as soon as I turn it off and watch something else... It's just so far down my list of things to watch. And it just continues, yes. I've got shows like that then I'm not fully against, but they just happen to just drop when they're, yeah, same as three. I'll do it. I'll do it. Ahead of season three. I've got time. you got like, what, one episode left, did you say? Yeah, and I've had it for months. It's just like a long time. I'll get to it. Let's end this today. We'll we'll stop recording. You go watch that episode. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I'll finish it. Russell T. Davis to return as Doctor Who showrunner to celebrate the 60th anniversary in 2023 and beyond. Like, I don't know how long he's going to stick around for, but he he's going to be the new showrunner. The guy we've got now, he came on board with Jodie Whittaker. She's going to regenerate, no longer be the Doctor. So we're going to get a brand new Doctor and a new showrunner in Davis at the same time. Now he's now you said he's returning. So which? How long did he do the Who? <laughs> he so remember back with Chris Reckleson, Doctor Who returned. That was him. He was responsible for the return of Doctor Who back in two thousand and five. Right when the series sort of like I guess rebooted, kind of. it had been gone. There'd been no Doctor yeah, Who for like years. That. So it was Russell T. Davis. So it was him up until the Jodie Whittaker series. No, he'd left before that. But I'm pretty he, oh, okay, right. he would have been showrunner Chris Reckleson, David Tennant. Right. And then I think the new guy came on board. He stuck around for Matt Smith. So he, did a, he did a few years. Did, point did being years. though, like this is not just a previous showrunner coming back. Like this is the guy that was there at the beginning of the reboot of Doctor Who. 
brought him back. It's a big deal. It is a big deal that he's that he's coming back. Holy shit! Sixtieth anniversary. Still going strong. All right, the Umbrella Academy Season 3 will officially take place at the Hotel Oblivion and premiere in 2022. I don't know what that means. You can fill me in if it doesn't ruin anything. Well, okay. I feel like I'm just admitting things left, right and centre. I've not watched Season 2. All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. On the back of absolutely loving Season 1. I need to catch it. And I still... It's okay. I still haven't started uh, season one. Again, this has been just like... (laughs) This has been legitimately on my list. And I'm just like... Yeah. The show is about... It's superheroes kind of like powered people out of school, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Like women worldwide fall pregnant and have babies at the same time. Babies have powers. And then... You've got your Professor Xavier type who adopts a number of the children. And then, yeah. And that's what it is. But it's very much not X-Men. But I guess that's the easy comparison. But yeah, watched and loved that first season. Went out and got the graphic novel. In fact, now it's sounding from a Hotel Oblivion. Maybe that was the second volume of the trades. I have to go back and have a look. But... Either way, I love how you also don't know. <laughs> we've been. <laughs> I'm dancing around it. Either way, we've been waiting on announcements for all, an announcement for the return of season three, and now we have it next year. It doesn't sound like we've been waiting all that much. <laughs> well, not not us personally, but you know, other people listening, the general audience, yeah, the, the fans, the ones that are the avid watchers. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing this to us. I'm pretty sure the next show we're not watching either, but I'll just, I'll just carry on. <laughs> Before the second season of The Witcher even airs, Netflix has announced that there will be a third season of the fantasy series. Please tell me you're watching this show. I'm just going to... Should we just move on? <laughs> should we just move on? Okay, I have not good. People have gone nuts about it. Crazy. I don't know. People love it. I mean, it was a series of books, video game, that's a TV show, Henry Cavill. We recently got that animated movie that I'm guessing neither of us watched. I didn't even know there was one. Like, what? <laughs> Once we let's, talked just, about it, I... let's just move on. Ah, true lies. True lies. Ginger Gonzaga uh, from She-Hulk will start opposite Steve Howey from Shameless in the True Lies pilot. Gonzaga will star as Helen, the role played by, uh, well, in the True Lights film by Jamie Lee Curtis. Howie will star as Harry, who was played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. In the- so, there we go. So it's True Lies on TV? Is it, is it something we want that anyone was asking for? I... Mm. I mean, you've got to give things to benefit the doubt. I mean, that movie is excellent. You've got James Cameron behind the camera. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's hard not to think they had a lot to do with that being a success. But they're going to try it on TV. And it's... 
I don't know, to be honest. I thought it worth mentioning. It's a thing that's happening. They've cast it now. But we've, oh, had, we've, had, we've had Rush Hour on TV without Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. It was terrible. We've had yeah. Training Day on TV without Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke. And there's many more examples of films being adapted as TV shows. And they don't work for me. Like, so often the films work because... That's the story. You're going to spend two, two and a half hours with these characters. And then when they stretch it over a TV series, there's not always enough there. Now that's it. And look, Trillize is like one of, one of those, just those action comedy films. Neither a comedy. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Um, it is, yeah. Like, it's just up there. It's one of those go-to when, if anyone's like, what's one of the greatest? And it's just like, whether it's, it doesn't have to be number one, but it's always, it's always thrown in there amongst some of the, the best ones. So to try and emulate that on long form, small screen, these actors that, I mean, no one's saying Arnold Schwarzenegger is the greatest actor in the world, but I mean, like, you know, there's something about him that everyone gravitates for. Steve Howe, you know, I enjoy him in, in, in Shameless, but I mean, I, at no point have I ever been like, man, I really want to see that guy in something. Like, <laughs> like nothing. Well, you've nothing... never, you've never watched him and thought, you know what? If they ever did a remake of True Lies, I mean, the thought popped into Harry. my mind, but I, I moved past it. <laughs> Look, he's a, he's quite a big guy as well, which is good. Like, you know, like muscle and stuff. But I feel like that's that's actually nothing to do with the character. Like, you know, being a big muscle bound guy, it's. Kind of, yeah, just because it was played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, it actually doesn't need to be a big dude. Oh, no. I, I mean, think this that, I, I think that's yeah. part of it. You know, the, the fact that, yes, he looks like an action star, but he isn't. I think that adds to it. So it makes sense to, to go to somebody with a similar build to Arnie. Probably not quite as big, but not even you know, close. But, um, <laughs> but still, I mean, I mean not, not, many, <laughs> not many people are, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how we go. <laughs> well, that's it for TV news. And now on to the recommend section. Mate, I have to ask you a question. Have you, I'm assuming you've heard of it, have you watched Squid Game? Everybody's talking about it. Of course I've heard of it. Everybody. I've not watched it. Everybody. Like, it's all over. Well, here I am. I'm going to recommend Squid Game. Watched it all. Watched all nine episodes of this This. Out of nowhere, South Korean survival horror drama television series on Netflix. Watched it with the English dubbing. It's weird as hell, but I got used to it. It's, holy shit, this show was, by the second episode, it's sort of like, hey, should we watch something else? No, let's keep watching Squid Game. Yeah. And hey, this, I... uh, this new episode of this show <laughs> that we've been waiting for its premiere to start, it has, has dropped. Should we watch that? No, let's keep watching Squid Game. It's addictive there. It's bizarre. I almost don't want to watch it because it's just interesting seeing everybody go crazy about something. I've got no idea what it is. It's, it's, I'll give you the gist of it if you haven't, or if everyone doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. So yeah, this South Korean, um, it's just, it's a live action, you know, like nine episode thing. Basically, hundreds of people are like, selected to go into this it's sort of like a, a game show 
type thing. It's not like televised, right? it's all very secretive. Um, you know, there's lots of money potentially to be won, but basically if you lose the game, you're killed. You die, like for real, you're dead. So that's pretty much the premise. Like there's not much more to it, except there is. There's so much more to it. it, it it's It's crazy. It's suspenseful, it's, it's ridiculous, like super violent, super dark, you know, but at the same time, there's, there's, there's these characters that you just sort of get attached to and, you know, you just, when, when, when they don't make it, you, you actually feel, you feel stuff during this. It's, it's very, such an unexpected, out of the blue series that, um, yeah, holy shit, I'm sad, I'm sad it's over. So it's over. Only nine episodes and it's done. And um, yeah, yeah that's, it was. That's very short. Would have been. Yeah, but look, the episodes, the shortest episode is just uh, just over the thirty minute mark. The rest okay. of them are like fifty minutes to an hour kind of thing. So they're quite they're quite meaty. And there's um, but for something like this, do you think you'd you'd, you'd be like, oh, you know, I can predict what's going to happen or what's going on and there's a lot of surprises, a lot of surprises. Still a lot of predictability, but like there's a lot of weird, unexpected things that happen. And you're just like, oh, okay. I'll see that coming. That's always good fun. I reckon check it out. Check it out. Up to you, though, if you do, if you go with the Korean language with the English subtitles, or if you just go go full balls with the, with the weird English dubbing that makes it sound, seem like you're watching an anime, but... <laughs> After an episode, you get used to it, and it works. It's all good. I mean, as I say, I have been curious because it's everywhere. Like it's smashing yeah. records, and yeah, everybody's talking about it. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, no, hey, you know what? It's it's better than people going crazy over like Tiger King or something like that. So. Actually, part of the Tadum event, Tiger King Two. We're getting more Tiger King. Hey, Second back. series. Ah, anyway. <laughs> I mean, we're still talking Netflix anyway, because you're talking Squid mm. Game. Well, I'm also going to recommend something on Netflix, because, you know, why the hell not? <laughs> Seems to be all we're watching at the moment. What else have we got? <laughs> I actually thought you might recommend it, because you were the one that first made me aware of this in the first place. I'm recommending Attack of the Hollywood Clichés. Have you watched oh, this? Right, yeah. yeah. And it's an hour-long comedy special, Rob Lowe. I'm like, oh, what's, what's this? So on one hand, generally interested about the Hollywood cliches. I'm watching it for that anyway. Such a pleasant surprise. Now, I have listened to Rob Lowe's podcast, and he's thoroughly entertaining. Like, tells a great joke, great story. Having him as the host of this show, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm watching it for the cliches for what the show is, and then you get like, this added me, Rob Lowe, and then yeah, and he's there it. just. <laughs> well, I watched it with a wife, and both of us just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. If you're unfamiliar, it's a special featuring some of the most famous films, along with screenwriters, academics, and critics as they guide through the funny, weird, and controversial cliches which appear on the screens. And I've got to be honest, like a lot of what they're showing you is, I keep, I'm like, I'm like, oh no, 
am I ruining films for myself because yes, <laughs> there's so many silly things. Like when they showed the clip from the movie The Rock and you've got Ed Harris at the grave. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, this, no, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, it's hosted by Rob Lowe, but some of the famous faces that you'll see, Florence Pugh, Andrew Garfield, Andy McDowell, and heaps more. And from Empire Magazine, you've got Ellen O'Hara, who I've listened to on the Empire podcast for years. And there she is, talking about cinema. Yeah, highly, highly recommend. And it comes in at an hour. Like, it's a lot of fun and educational. Yeah, like when, like, obviously, like, I checked this out. Like I said, I, I mentioned this to you. I saw the, you know, the trail on the Netflix upcoming thing. Um, I mean, essentially, it does play sort of like a, you know, like those, the clip show things they have on TV, you know, like 20 to 1 or, or something like that, where it just has people commentating on random stuff that's going on. But the format and the structure of this, it is, it is almost like a like a film lesson in its way yeah. of going like these cliches. But I've got to say, you know, as much as we are always talking film, movies, and all of that, you know, we're talking about cliches and things that are always popping up and expectations and things that we can predict. And you know, there there is sometimes a formula to film. I say sometimes, most of the time, there's a formula to film, and we know what's going on. But watching this, it was a bit of an eye opener and almost a little bit heartbreaking. <laughs> I <Yes>. was sort <laughs> of like wide eyed, like. Oh shit! Yeah, like, am I ruining movies for myself? Yeah, like a little bit, a little but bit. It's a lot of the time. It's sort of like we notice things that are happening, but then it's why it's happening. Like we'd often yeah. see that lone person at a funeral watching from afar, and you take it just from that person's perspective. But then you hear it's just the directing get a wide shot of people at the funeral, also, <laughs> <laughs> and then. It's- and the Fast and the Furious movie took it one step further. So you oh, had Paul that. Walker watching the funeral, and then even further back, you had Vin Diesel watching Paul Walker watching the funeral. Oh, it, was, it was great, but there's so many different like things. I'm like, oh, I never realised that was a cliche, and it's like, but you see that all the time. And I will be curious the next time you know, like I watch a movie, if I'm going to pick up on a bunch of things and be like, oh, I'd say damn, so. Damn, damn. But gotta say, I, I've, I've definitely. Definitely, it definitely ruined the you know like the the manic pixie girl for me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, oh, yeah. that's that's pretty much all the girls in the movies I love. So well, that's I know, <laughs> like, but shit. Garden Garden State is a pretty extreme example of that. You know, I I did start watching it by myself, and then my wife came and joined me, and I paused it, and I says, just to give you a heads up, I think to watch this show, you need to have seen most films. Because the clips they're going to show you <laughs> are crucial moments, if not the end of the movie. <laughs> it gives quite a lot away. I mean, talking about, I mean, did you watch Mayor of Town? I didn't, but. <laughs> oh. did, well, okay, yeah, they show a lot. Mayor of Town was honestly phenomenal. Loved it. Absolutely loved it, but it's it's so well made, so well produced, and the cast is incredible. But then, when they're making a point of going through all the like the cop cliches, and the moment when she's asked to hand in a gun and badge, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, all the silly tropes are in that show, but you didn't notice, yeah. or I didn't notice, because it was so well put together. 
I swear the next time I watch something that has, you know, it's about a cop or something and, you know, like trying to bend the rules and there's going to be a scene where he has to hand in or she has to hand in their, you know, their, their gun and badge, I'm going to be like, huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. I feel like a better, a better film sort of commentator than I was before, but I also feel like something's died in me a little bit. So we'll see, we'll see how life progresses from here. <laughs> Okay, well, that is potentially the longest ever recommend section we've done. <laughs> well, good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> and it's good that we took up some extra time as well, because it just occurred to me, I've got no trivia whatsoever, although I'm sure there's some interesting tidbits we just <laughs> repeated from Attack of the Hollywood Clichés. Bit of an anticlimax of the show, I know. No trivia this week. I'll have trivia next time. Well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Films 2 Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilms2podcast.com. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Free Guy. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of Malignant. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.